2: Why Awakening Leads to Freedom. In this podcast, Eckhart answers questions about why it's important to seek awakening. He also addresses how we can learn to function in a world that seems often insane. Eckhart says we must awaken in order to free ourselves of suffering. He explains why it's part of our legacy to realize a sense of peaceful aliveness that is independent of our external circumstances. He believes when challenges arise, we shouldn't spiral into unconscious reactivity. He believes that only amplifies the problem. Instead, he encourages listeners to release their ego and move towards transcendence.
3: It's so good to see you. Thank you very much for this wonderful gathering. And a big thank you to all of you because that's really wonderful being there. Uh, my, my question relates to the to the reasons of awakening and uh, can you comment a little bit on why actually being awakened and um, it is better as emotional state than, than, than something that is actually uh, the most popular, which is the state based on on thoughts and um, when we are half asleep, a bit like this. Why I ask this question uh, is uh, first of all I I love your teachings and uh, it it all always brings me an important level of peace and uh, and it it changes for for the better my my emotional state, but uh, I uh, I found myself in a in a difficult situation when the level of fear was very very important. And at that moment, I was scared about being awake. And, you know, I mean, yeah, that was maybe just a moment. Then it just, uh, it's not like this anymore. (laughs) But but I have to say that uh, uh, staying with my awareness was kind of too hard for a while.
4: Well, in a way, you have already answered your question because uh, you mentioned that you experienced more peace through this, more stability, perhaps emotional stability, not both, but of course, there are still fluctuations. There are still times when you experience fear that uh, rises from time to time. But the reason, of course, why anybody should be engaged in this, uh, you already realize for yourself because peace and a sense of aliveness and joyful aliveness, a sense of not being totally dependent on external conditions for your inner state to have a certain degree of autonomy internally so that when you're no longer so reactive, when something challenging happens around you, it does not automatically create huge unconscious reactivity in you, thereby amplifying the problem that's happening. All those things are part of the transformation of consciousness from the egoic state to the the transcendent state whatever you want to call it, and really it is an escape from the unhappiness that is inseparable from the egoic state of consciousness. And that, of course, the egoic state of consciousness is still the predominant state in the world, and so people are trapped in that The Buddha said that even your happiness is part of dukkha, which is suffering (laughs) because the happiness can exist without, the high cannot exist without the low. So you experience elation one day, something good happens. And then, as I said before, every condition, every person eventually lets you down. (laughs) And so you experience this letdown, this disappointment in other people and the world and relationships. And, and any kind of achievement or possession that you can have that for, for a while people think the answer is there or no, the answer is there it's, there, it's nowhere to be found. And so the reason why it's very simple and you know it already, you've experienced in yourself, it's freedom from unhappiness, freedom from the burden of an extremely problematic sense of self. So that you you become a problem to yourself. You you're a walking a walking dilemma <laughs> uh, when there's no awareness of the the transcendent
0: dimension. Discover what critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful- It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under
1: 13. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail.
4: an escape from suffering. It's an escape from a very limited uh, existence, a kind of bad dream. And many people, for many people, the dream needs to deteriorate before they, they become interested in some, the, the possibility of something else. As long as the dream is relatively pleasant, you're still okay in the dream, but then the dream changes. And so, the one dream you have the honeymoon and then you have suddenly you have another dream that comes out of that one. And that's called the drama and the divorce or whatever it is, and that it's terrible. And Mm -hmm. then some people go through that several times. I've met people who've been gone through it five or six times. (laughs) Marriage, honeymoon, loving, getting married, A year later, two years later, divorce and somebody else getting married. Oh, big reception every time. (laughs) And then everybody lets them down. (laughs) Isn't that strange? There must be something wrong with people. They all let me down. (laughs) So, all this unconscious living, which, and now this is only on the personal level, then you have the unconscious, the collective aspect of unconscious living, which is even more destructive, even more dangerous, and then even more insane than the, e- e- the personal level of ego, the collective ego that people have, that is the, the ego of groups of people, entities, whether, e- nations, political parties, Religious groups, and so on. Not all, but many, uh, the manifestations of this dysfunction that you have on the person level, on a collective level, the way it manifests is extremely destructive. It has manifested the history of the 20th century. Just to take one century, look at the first 50 years of the of the 20th century. A nightmare, a collective nightmare, a collective hell for millions and millions of people. If an extraterrestrial came, well, there, oh, maybe there were some observing us. Of course, they don't want to come in contact with the crazy humans. Uh, <laughs> if if they had been observing the first part of the 20th century, they would have to say there's something has gone wrong there. The, 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 the extreme collective psychosis. So definitely there is a there's a deep dysfunction in the human mind but that is part of the evolutionary process the dysfunction has become more pronounced now because we are approaching or we have actually reached the, the possibility of going beyond it to another level okay. so that's why we are here okay. so the, the it's all it's wonderful and you are part of this process of transformation so the answer, of course, you already knew it, but now I just reaffirmed that the, you, that is how it is. That's the correct answer, and you know why you're doing it. Sometimes the mind comes up with all kinds of questions. It questions something that you already know, but then it brings up some doubt <laughs> because the the ability of the conceptual mind to understand. The spiritual dimension is very limited, it cannot really under, it tries, but it can't, so it begins, to, it questions, it, it, this is one of the hindrances that can come in as you the questioning mind often attempts to take you out of presence, and it comes up with some kind of thought. That questions yes. it all. Maybe, maybe I maybe I shouldn't be doing all this. Maybe I should be concerned with something more realistic. Whatever the mind says, mm-hmm. <laughs> so don't believe in every thought that arises in your mind. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sometimes the egoic self wants to take you out of presence. It doesn't like it. The it yeah. egoic self being a, a pattern in your mind. So that's how it is. <laughs> <laughs>
3: sounds true.
5: Thank you very
4: much. (laughs) Yes, it sounds true. That's why we're here. Thank you. Thank you.
5: Hello. Hello, Eckhart. Hello. Thank you so much for everything you do to help us awaken. My question sort of goes along with the last question. Um, The world is insane. And I understand it's always been uh, insane in an attempt to awaken us. But the issues are so serious today that to not do something feels like I'm spiritually bypassing or I'm cold hearted not to feel or take action. The deeper part of me, though, really wants to be able to watch the insanity and know that everything is happening as it should, that I, Course in Miracles' term, need do nothing. Can you help give me some guidance in how to function in this insane world?
4: Very good question. So this question is, uh, instead of uh, to be or not to be, the question is to do or not to do. What is primary is the state of consciousness that gives rise to the doing. The doing can come out of a state of egoic sense of insufficiency or anger or many different egoic states are possible that will give rise to doing, and often it looks good, but any doing that arises out of a state of ego usually creates more problems than it solves. But it often looks as if the action that you're doing is is a good one, the, the, the intention is a word that comes to mind. The intention is often good in people, but they cannot see the wider implications and repercussions of what they do in this world. And the reason for this is the deeper dimension that, that where wisdom arises, wisdom is the key word, where wisdom arises, they'd have no access to it. So they, all the doing arises out of a limited egoic sense of self. And But even within the egoic sense of self, it may at first appear that uh, this is a good thing to do. Like, look at communism, for example. It looked like a, um, many people thought it was a really good idea to bring about when communism came into Russia and China. Many people thought it was a wonderful idea to bring about more, get rid of the destructive system of government, the suppression of most of the populace, it all all sounds absolutely wonderful, more equality, distributed. the the people own everything, not not the capitalists anymore, all sounded great. Many people in the West, too many intellectuals, thought it was really a very good idea. And initially it seemed like a very good idea because anybody could see how destructive the previous system was that they p- were fighting against, both in Russia and China, just to take the two examples. And then they finally came to power, and, great. and then something happened, the egoic sense of self, all the people who had, were in the position of power, or most of them, experienced a, an amplification An enormous amplification of their ego (laughs) and so i believe that for many of them probably their intentions were good they truly wanted to bring about a better world and then they achieved power and power is one thing that will show you something about your ego Uh, another thing is of course also to be challenged by great suffering But let's talk about power for a moment. When power comes, when someone is given power, the ego, the latent ego, is suddenly blown up, becomes amplified to an enormous degree. And then you get rulers, as you did in communist Russia, who are actually quite insane. And the structures that they create, the Communist Party, for example, becomes an egoic entity. It's, it's an extremely ruthless and destructive e- ego. It's an, it's, it's an amplification of the personal ego. And so you, you got this, the Russian Soviet government, they created famines, there were present can kind of millions were killed as part of the communist revolution in Russia and China extremely destructive entities, the collective entities were created, started with a good intention probably. And and this is, I'm I'm not saying this to say that no action should be taken, but you you need to be aware of the state of consciousness out of which the action arises. If there's a lack of wisdom, then you will probably, you would probably create um, more uh, suffering and havoc than before. That's, so the, the state of consciousness is that I call presence is the state after which wisdom arises. Wisdom enables you to see the totality of a situation, not just one particular aspect. And you see, if, if I do this, it will affect this and this and this. Wisdom sees that it's not analytical. Wisdom is not analytical is, is you focus on one little thing, that's intelligence. Intelligence is analytical, you focus on one area that you want to change. And but you don't see all the other areas that would be affected by that change and how it would affect the change. So intelligence is only is is focused, it's it, it attacks a problem. wisdom sees the totality. And then if action is possible, it can uh, take action that does not make things worse than they were before. So this is the challenge is then to, to have the state of consciousness in you that is not egoic so that you can look at a situation and then see what kind of action is possible or desirable, there there are many situations that you may not be able to do anything about in the world. So it's not possible. There are so many areas in the world that are extremely problematic. So if you take any kind of action, you would already have to choose what area do I want to look at? And you look at one, but if you take action in one area, it may affect, Others two other problems that are because everything is interconnected. So we'd have to choose first of all where you want to be active, and then how do you want to be active? How what you will what action can I take, or what words can I speak? Because that's action also. Sometimes words are c- can change things. Uh, so you'd have to see what it is that that is possible to do and very important consideration because you have to be extremely alert so that your ego does not come back in. You might start with egolessness and as as you become more involved in some kind of action, at some point, ego can creep back in. I've observed this many times. People start with a wonderful thing, a wonderful maybe a new movement or something and it, it's going. it's working well. Then at some point, ego starts creeping in. And you know that ego is kept in when you have enemies. So you consider a certain group of people as enemies. <laughs> That's already a danger. The ego actually is looking for that. So whenever you see that there's enemies that I need to fight, there's already ego in there. The ego needs the, its
0: enemies.
4: You can see how countries too the ego, the entities of collective ego, a country is a collect it's a huge collective form of ego. If they can't find an enemy outside the country, they will look for an enemy inside and then you, this country splits into different groups and each one considers the other as enemy. <laughs> sound might sound familiar the media participates in that the politicians participate in that wanting external enemies demonizing other countries if that's not enough have internal enemies too those that want to overthrow us or whatever it is so you have to be very careful that you don't create the, the the mental idea of fighting enemies and again when intense negativity arises as you take action, if intense negativity arises, you also know that there's ego involved. The secret is, well, it's not a secret, but the answer is don't lose connectedness with the awareness, the transcendent dimension. And from there, you can know what is necessary or possible for you to do.
5: If there's nothing to be done, how can I hang on to presence watching the suffering?
4: Right. Now, that's, a, again, a good question, because there are, quite often, there are situations where you just have to allow the situation to unfold. But You can see, and only wisdom can know that. Mm-hmm. Through wisdom, you can look at the situation, then you know whether... Anything that you could do, possibly, would change the situation for the better. Or, or you can, and you can see this has a momentum of its own now, and, and anything that I do would only make it worse or it would not be helpful at all. Then you have to allow it to play itself out. The world still is in, in the grip of a very heavy unconsciousness in many areas many forms of suffering also through that i'm talking about suffering that is created by the human ego on a personal level and the collective level and so this is not something that you can change as such it has to play itself out all you can do is bring more consciousness into your world because the world starts with you it starts here but but Through technology, we can very quickly, we can can reach out from our world through computer and media, social media, whatever. You can perhaps be in communication with many people in the world and perhaps do some good by having a certain type of communication with people, perhaps help them that way. But uh, on one extreme, you have... uh, I don't know if you have there was a French philosopher called Voltaire and he wrote a book Candide which is a kind of novel he didn't write. I think might be the only novel he wrote Uh, Candide is a it's a satirical novel it's about a man who travels through the world and the world is totally insane it's it's kind of exaggerated insane but but basically he shows wherever he goes goes from country to country and every country people are completely insane and cruel and malignant and horrible (laughs) and finally he comes to the end of his journey and he's in turkey i think and he meets a man uh, who seems quite wise and he he asks him, what about the situation of the rebellion that is here, that's happening here? And he says, oh, I don't know anything about that. And the man says, all you can do is cultivate, he has a, the man has a garden. All you can do is cultivate your garden. That's the famous phrase, cultivate your garden, which is make sure that there's sanity in your immediate surroundings. You can take the garden either literally, because of course it's good to be in touch with nature, or you can take it metaphorically as the garden meaning uh, have have an area of sanity around you that also affects the world to some extent uh, so you'll cultivate your garden is one way that would mean don't worry about, about the rest of the world that, that that is one extreme the other extreme would be i need to save the world <coughs> and then you can active. Perhaps the answer lies in between the two extremes, but not forgetting to cultivate your garden, even while you take, if you do take action in one way or another, it's still very important how you conduct your life, your immediate surroundings, how you, you, your relationships, your close relationships, and then other relationships, all that spreads out from you. That's what you create. In a way, you have two kinds of worlds. You have the world, your personal world, people you know, what you do, where you move, your surroundings. Then there's another world that you you mostly have access to through the media. (laughs) Then you watch the news. Then you get communication on social media whatever. This is a world that is the secondary world to you that is, is happening elsewhere. So here you have your world, which is immediate sensory perception, not, not through screens, TV screens or other screens or phones. It's just your immediate surroundings. That's, that's your garden. And that's very important is not to be neglected because there are people who want to make the world a better place and they have horrible relationships. <laughs> all, their, all their relationships are full of conflict <laughs> and and antagonism, and they want to create a better world. <laughs> so so you, you have your garden, and then you have the other dimension of the world, which is what you see when you watch the news and so on. Sometimes the two come together because there could be something happening that you see on TV, like the, the virus, and then perhaps you, you may catch the virus. So in so suddenly something that, that you only saw on TV suddenly comes into your garden, (laughs) that can happen. So they can intersect also, but it's important to be be aware of the two dimensions, the world that you have mostly access to through the screens that you look at. (laughs) And in the past for people, the only world they had was their personal surroundings. They didn't even know, know in many cases what was happening 50 miles away before modern communications so all that and most people spend their life in their town or village their whole life <laughs> uh, so we have a very complicated world because we have all the troubles of millions of other people yes we're well aware of them through the screen that <laughs> so it's an interesting situation yeah. and again Be aware of your your garden, make sure that's the same place. And then if that's the same place, then most of the insanity you see on the screen. And sometimes you meet it, uh, it it comes into your garden too, that's possible. So you see what is possible to do, but wisdom is to uh, not be reactive, not act out of anger or fear or any egoic motives. Uh, only only then can you do some good some situations have a lot of momentum uh, and the momentum is sometimes so crazy that there's there's absolutely nothing you can do it has to play itself out there in the way in the same way you might have met some people who you're trying to help them and you're trying again to help them and they, they go through the same destructive patterns again and again and you're trying to help again sometimes it happens with people's children as they grow up and they do stupid things and and they're trying to help and support them and help but nothing seems to work at some point you have to say they have to experience the bitterness of suffering that they create for themselves that may be the only possibility for their evolution of their consciousness and, and coming to their End of the insanity. That's perhaps a possibility if they experience. Some people are drug addicted. They reach a point where they can see that either they will die soon, or something needs to change. Some are put in prison, and in prison they begin to wake up and and see this cannot go on. And if you hadn't put them in prison, they would still be on the street. And <laughs> it's interesting. My father was uh, in Germany as a young man. He spoke up against the Hitler regime and they put him in prison. Now he was not, he didn't do it out of some kind of desire to change anything, but he was always very impulsive and got angry very easily. And then he lost it. He lost, he he didn't want to say it, but he had to say it by the group. And then the next day they arrested him. (laughs) And uh, at that point, nothing you could have done would have made any difference because the momentum of the unconsciousness was so vast and enormous. A few conscious people were able to leave the country. They removed themselves. Some others were able to completely focus on their garden and they survived in that way. And the majority got get drawn into this huge unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. And then they had to experience the suffering that comes with it. Huge collective karma, collective ego. And again, same thing in, in China and in Russia, the Maoist cultural revolution, completely crazy if you read history books about it, millions were killed. Absolutely, absolute craziness. And there was, there was millions of people in the grip of psychosis, basically. It's an extreme form of ego, extreme mass psychosis. It, for, it can last for several decades or a few years. And when that happens, there's nothing you can do except cultivate your garden. Okay. You cannot fight that huge, that huge wave of unconsciousness. But there may be other situations where you see perhaps something can be done here or there or there. So you have to see how vast this movement is of unconsciousness. And it's happening in in the U.S. now, of course, as you see, there's a lot of craziness. So what to do? Only wisdom can tell you what to do or whether to do anything. And uh, in the meantime, already come back to your garden. The garden is also your inner being at, at the deepest level. Mm-hmm. And the garden is your inner state of being where you can be free. That's the important thing. The craziness exists out here, but the awakening can only happen ultimately in the individual. You cannot awaken the world. The awakening happens in the every individual. When enough individuals transcend the ego, then the world changes. So my work is mostly concerned with a causal level, not the level of effect. So the causal level is human consciousness, human unconsciousness, human consciousness. That's the level of cause. And that should also be your primary consideration is the level of cause. The next is the level of effect. The level of effect is dependent upon the consciousness uh, that underlies whatever you do. So the world is the level of effect. Consciousness is a level of cause. So at the deepest level, what Voltaire calls the, the cultivate your garden, at the deepest level, the garden is your innermost being, and that's primary. When that is sane, when that is that emanates from you also. Even if you took no action specifically to change anything, it does emanate from you into this world because all humans are connected in consciousness. There is a collective human consciousness and whatever change you undergo in your consciousness is part of the collective human consciousness. So even if you didn't take any action, if you lived consciously in all your dealings, in your world, that, what the, that affects the world, not only the people you come into contact with, it even affects people you don't come into contact with. <laughs> nice.
5: Thank you so much. You helped me so much. Thank you.
4: Oh, thank you. Thank you. So let's become still again before we finish in fact not not so much become still but become aware of the stillness that's already there in you
2: thank you I'm Oprah Winfrey and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle Essential Teachings the podcast you can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening.
3: There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, "I could teach a course on this." Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP for skills training, resume tips, and job listings. Visit aarp.org/work.
1: Look around; you can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. <laughs>